Welcome back to System Minutes Trivia, the podcast where we have shit to do. This is Brent. Hmm. I'm drinking root beer. And I'm Peyton. That was a really weird intro. Jaden. I, <laughs> I just called you Jaden. Jaden. <laughs> Jathan. I guess that's better than don't, Patton. That's yeah, like I was going to say, don't make fun of Patton. <laughs> Come on now. Don't make fun of Patton. That's like when in Dragon Ball Z when they do the fusion. Never seen it. Really? Yeah, don't know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, you, got, you kids need culture. Nope, so they I'm do this pass. thing where they fuse two characters, and if you two did the fusion fuse dance, fuse two characters. Yeah, like they what physically or yeah, like yeah, physically they, they two individuals fuse into one being. Hmm. Look it up. A very realistic fusion show. Dance. Dragon Ball Z. I'm also eating. You thought it's an anime? Of course, this is not did realistic. You say it's an anime about dance? an alien. No, I said fusion dance. Okay. It's an anime about an alien that comes to Earth. And can fly anime about an and get stronger every time he gets closer to dying. And if he still has his tail, he turns into a giant monkey. What? This what is Dragon part Ball of Z? that? A little bit of Dragon Ball mixed in, but yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Well, first of all, that's weird. Second of all... Have you guys seriously not seen the series? I've never seen the series. I can honestly say that I've not once seen Dragon Ball Z. That's so disappointing. I mean, I just... I'm not really an anime guy, what can I say? Yeah, I honestly hate it. Also, uh, shout out to A. Mayer, so number so one fan. Are you going to do that in every episode? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who's A. Mayer? You know who A. Mayer is. Shut up. Used to. Well, oh, are you... Is he dead to you now? Apparently. He's dead to me. <laughs> that's okay. Tech Stewart <laughs> okay. is dead to me, so that's fine. Okay. okay. No, that isn't what I meant <laughs> to say. I don't, I don't think he's dead to me. I just... You know, it's been a long time since we've gone to the beach and had a few beers or anything like that. Oh, I yeah. just lost the game. Jathan, you never sent me the original resolution of that image you made of him. Game's I, lost. I yes, we did. The quote-unquote picnic. No, you did not. You did not. Yep, lost it. It's gone. Okay. So, since Jathan jumped the gun tonight... Way to go, jump gunner. Yeah, but we'll talk about what we're drinking in a second. Tonight, we are talking... Mostly, it's... I'm not going to say it. I almost said it. I almost <laughs> you almost said it. made us have a three-hour show. Almost did because you. <laughs> I will say that I it's a lighter it, episode. I think it'll be a short episode. Yeah, it's a lighter episode. It's it's like System Ministerio Light, L I T E. It's a nice digestible System Ministerio Diet. Yeah, diet yeah, System Ministerio. Okay. Di- We're talking sure. about tools we use every day, and you know. Once you set and settle into a, a, your own personal workflow, you, you kind of have a limited number of tools that you use every day because you just familiarize yourself mm-hmm. with these specific tools. Yeah. And they let you do like 90% of your job. Right. So we'll be talking about that. But first, what are y'all drinking? Jaytan, you're first. Root beer. Right. <laughs> He's drinking root beer. Okay. For finish. reasons that I will beer. not go into... Okay. Great detail about I'm sitting in my office at work. Mm-hmm. Because disaster struck. Right. For reasons that I won't go into details about, but Peyton will. <laughs> well, whatever. Well, whatever. I cut, cut that out. No, no, it's okay. It really doesn't. Matter. Okay. Sure. Whatever. It doesn't Peyton. matter what you Peyton! Think. What are you drinking? What am I drinking? I have the Light of Miller, a fine Pilsner beer. The best. Okay. It's a fine, it's what it says on the can, a fine Pilsner beer. It's fine, I, and it's a pilsner. I feel like they might be tooting their own horn a little bit too much on that. No, I, you think? Yeah. I also have I Reese's peanut butter cups, but I don't know if I eat those or not. Hey, hey. I wonder if you can make vodka-infused Reese's peanut butter cups. 
Oh my god. Or Reese's peanut butter cups infused vodka. Uh, Would that be amazing? Oh, but yeah. I'm willing to try. I'm willing to also be the test subject for this. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So when, if anyone how, has when, experience with well, I know you can do it with like gummy bear infused vodka. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine right. this, the situation would probably be similar. If anyone has right. experience with that, hit us up on Twitter. Anyone? Bueller? Oh my gosh. I just found uh I'm just gonna send this in uh IRC. Okay. Uh, are you all right there, Jayfan? You okay? No, I'm not okay. He's not okay. I need oh, this right yeah. now. All right. Well, that's going to be. I in need the show that notes. too. Mm-hmm. That's probably the opposite of what I'm talking about. I think that's putting alcohol in the cups. I'm talking about t- putting the taste of the cups in the vodka. Why not both? Uh, sure, you can do both. I mean, that's how the gummy bears work out, right? Like you get the soaked gummy bears, but you also get vodka I that's. I don't think they're very gummy bear-like by the end of it. Yeah, I don't think they are either. I think they're just kind of a congealed mass of jelly. I think my favorite thing that I did was when I uh, infused a watermelon with uh, all kinds of of liquor. That was was good. Did you infuse it or inject it? We cut a hole in it, poured uh, all kinds of good stuff into it. It was Yeah, infusing is you're you're basically, you're making Uh a vodka tea. Correct. Out of something. Whatever. Infused, injected. We made a hole and we put stuff in Confused. it. Confused. Okay. Conjected? Conjecture? Uh-huh. We're, let's move on. I am back on that black kraken because it's... it's Way to go. Because I, I don't drink it, it all that you. often. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's disgusting. It's all right. No. It's okay. You know, I mean, it's it's not my favorite, but it's all right. It's not bad. It's rum. You know, it makes me feel like a pirate, but... Yar. But why is the rum gone? Mm. It's not. Not yet. Not gone. Oh, well, that's good then. Great. I'm proud of you. Right. Yes. I think we should back back up the bus. Mm-hmm. Back that truck up. Actually, let's just keep the bus moving. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's up to you, Jaython. You tell us. Which you're the driver. Where are we taking this chew, bus? Motherfucking chew, bitch. <laughs> where are we taking it? Yeah, where are we taking the bus? Where do you want to take this bus to? This is a, probably a special school. This is going to be a short bus, first of all. It's, it's a tiny bus. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's get to driving. All right. Payton. <laughs> yes. Why don't you give us your tip? I have the double dong dust of tips. It's about TC. Now, TC is a, it's a command that lets you show and or manipulate traffic control settings. That's what the TC means, by the way. Correct. Traffic, traffic control. control. Yeah. yeah. I got that. So you have QDisk, you have class, you have filter. Uh, you can do a QDisk show. Basically, so you can use it for shaping, scheduling, policing, dropping. A QDisk in TC is a uh, queuing discipline and is elementary to understanding traffic control. The kernel needs to send a packet to the interface. It is then queued to the QDisk and then uh, it Tries to get as many pockets as possible from that QDisk. There are some classes mm-hmm. in QDisks, of course. It's really, actually really neat. I don't think I've ever actually used it, but I, based on what I'm, you know, what I looked at here, I mean, it looks really kind of interesting. Do you have mm. any comments about TC? Yeah. What about you, Jathan? Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brontosaurus. I... Jathan, either one. I think he meant both of us. Jathan, you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, so... One of the things that I, I mean, I'm moving data all the time in various places and stuff. And one of the things that's often a goal of what I'm doing is like, this has to happen. I know it has to happen over the next month or two, mm-hmm. but I'm not in a hurry. And mm-hmm. there are some protocols or methods for moving data, like rsync, for example, that have a bandwidth limit implementation 
But occasionally you want all traffic between two locations, not just necessarily like that one command that you're running to just or for, or kind of... some protocols don't even natively support it, like Samba or Six. That's that's true, right. right? And so you can use TC in these cases to sort of hack your way through setting a bandwidth limit. It's not really that hacky, honestly. Hack your way through basically limiting traffic going in specific directions, specific places, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this has always been my use case for it, and I don't use it often anymore there was a time when i kind of did why not well well mostly the the use case that i primarily was using it for back in the day was to prevent users from breaking things <laughs> but then you retooled things and it's it's not a because yeah anymore. right right we, we we got better stuff mostly right okay but that's another thing i mean you can use tc basically from individual clients to basically uh make sure you're not saturating your network Mm -hmm. at certain places and stuff like that there's a lot of applications that you could potentially by uh, how do i say this you can limit people to make a better overall user experience so even though you're slowing one individual down you're making it more usable for the collective yeah does that make sense well yeah that's the whole purpose of quality of service yeah right yeah I that being said, TC doesn't natively do any QoS like determination on its own. Right. So you either have to dynamically do that or find a wrapper that does, which there are some. One that comes to mind actually I don't know if it's dynamic, is that's like a wonder shaper? No, I don't think I've ever used that. But yeah, there's there's a lot of shapers out there. There's a couple. Wonder shaper is what I was thinking of, but it does not look like it's dynamic. Oh, interesting. But Wonder Shaper, if you need very simple TC usage without learning TC Wonder Shaper is the fastest way to go up and running. I promise you that. I have, I don't know, I have my qualms about quality of, uh, dynamic quality of service. It's just, it feels, I feel like there's no point to it, you know, because if it gets to the point where you need to switch it on, it should be on from the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Because otherwise it wouldn't hurt anything. Well, I think on can be one thing, on or off, that's very, you know... Binary, oh, you're talking about changing the threshold. Changing the actual rules to be oh, like, well, you know, like if you have, yeah. and it could be as simple as like, if there's 10 people on the network, everybody gets a hundred megabits down. Yeah. You got a good point. That's true. But if it's only three people, then why not give them 500, you know? Yeah, that's true. Cool. So yeah. So looking at that, it's part of IP route two, I believe, right? I don't actually know. I, I thought it was so. uh, a lower level thing than that. I thought it was like an IP tables thing. No, IP tables has its own thing. Well, sort of. It has rate limiting, which NFA tables also has. There's and they play together. 2.2, so I don't think it's an IP. Oh, that old, huh? Maybe they re- yeah. I know it's distributed with IP route, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, can, I can honestly say. I've... Let me quick check that. Let, actually. Let's, I was just going to yeah, do uh, a fact check that. Yum provides TC. Yum, yum provides. provides TC? Oh, you're doing I'm, a Yum provides TC. Yes, I'm doing a Yum <laughs> In provides. Arch, it's part of IP Route 2. Huh. Well, Interesting. holy hell. You probably want to do a It is part yum. of IP Route on CentOS as well. Okay. Well, there That's you go. amazing. That's amazing. There you go. Okay, great. So they must have adopted it. Anyways, yeah, have. so that plus, plus IP tables rate limiting because they're different things. Rate limiting is only for yeah. the rate right. at which new connections are opened. Right. But the the two of those combined are very powerful for quality of service in general. Sure. Very, very handy things. Or IP ta- uh, NF tables, too. Both do rate limiting. But that's more of a firewall thing because that handles connection status. Right, right, than right. Right. Traffic flow. But yeah, flow control, like uh, TC, is really fantastic if you need it. Mo- I would say yeah. most people don't, but if uh, SIP, you absolutely should consider it. 
voice traffic, you know, VoIP traffic is, is uh, yeah. very sensitive. You said SIP, and I was like, wait, sense. what? Uh, and then I realized what you meant by voice traffic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah this is absolutely, absolutely <laughs> necessary. I have a, a question that's a little bit relevant no. to... Uh-huh. What is it, Jathan? Brent's going to know why this is, like, relevant to something that I've recently <laughs> dealt with. Okay. Can we talk about limiting not a speed, but, like, a number of packets in a given amount of time? You can actually... I think you can do that with IP tables slash NF tables, too. Is there an advantage be... to doing one or the other? Um, depends on what the type of data is, what protocol it is, right? Because on some, it's going to be, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be maxed out packet fragmentation. Right. In which yeah. case, you would want traffic control, you know, TC. Yeah. And some, it's going to be tiny packets, but a shit ton of them. <laughs> yeah. And that's something you would use rate limiting for. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so it, it there is a sort of flow attribute that you can apply, but it's dumbed down compared to TC. Mm-hmm. TC might be able to do it by packet count, too. I'm not sure. I'm not as familiar with TC. I've never need, needed to implement quality of service. Yeah, no, me neither. So I haven't played around with it too much, admittedly. I just know some of the basics. So that is TC. Are you guys ready to talk about our topic tonight? Well, actually, I want to bring up something oh. that, that happened yeah. with me. Sure. I have been taking and studying for the uh, LPIC slash Linux Plus. Right. And I took the test uh, last Saturday, and I passed it. So Nice. feels good, man. It feels good to get that done. Talk to my what, bo- what exactly, not exactly, but what generally did it cover? It covers everything. It's, uh, it's networking. There's some SQL. There's some quotas. There's user. It's a two-part test. So there's uh, it's LXO-103 and LXO, LX0-104. And... It covers it covers quite quite a bit actually. Hmm. It's I am now drawing a blank because you asked me what it covers. Basically, uh, essentially, it's it's adminning a, a server or or what have you, like how to how to do it, etc. Hold on, I pulled up the requirements here. So it's hardware and system configuration. So it's configuring kernel modules, network parameters, storage, etc. There's some troubleshooting. There's some automation and scripting, systems operation and maintenance, and some security. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, and that's actually going out this month, and they're changing it to the XK0-004. And I believe I have a lifetime cert now. Nice. Otherwise, Johnny would have something to say about that. (laughs) Johnny Christmas. Yeah. Seriously, like, go back and listen to the episode. We just had him on. He goes on, like, a nice mini rant about his hatred for... Cert renewals and cert burn. Oh yeah, and things Listen. like that. It's good. It's good. Yeah, uh, yeah, it talks about it a lot. Okay, so yeah. now let's actually get to the meat and potatoes here. Meat what and potatoes. Tools, like what software tools? I mean, yeah, you can talk about hardware tools, I guess, but I'm more concerned with software tools. What software tools are do you guys use on a daily basis? NS lookup. <laughs> okay, I mean that's legit. Okay. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's valid. I use it a lot too. Mostly, yeah. I think mostly the reason I point that out. I don't care if you use NSLOOKUP or if you use DIG or whatever, mm-hmm. but just knowing how to get whatever type of record you're looking for at like a spur of the moment sort of thing, right. just make sure you have a DNS lookup tool in your back pocket. Yeah, I can for sure. I will use NSLOOKUP if I only am just looking up A slash quad A addresses. That's it. Yeah, me too. Otherwise, yeah. I use DIG. Same. Yeah. Same here. Yep. Anything and more complex, I, think... I use DIG. I wonder if that's just us or if most people are that I way. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Because, like, you can get all the information from NSLOOKUP. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I really it's couldn't just, tell you how. Well, it's... Like, I don't know how to get a text record from NSLOOKUP. 
It's a little bit more complex. If you've done it in dig, you can do it in NSLOOKUP. It's a similar syntax. It just feels a little bit more clumsy in NSLOOKUP to me. Yeah. So it doesn't feel as syntactic. But I mean, that's personal preference at that point. But yeah, it's all on the man page. You know, it'll, it'll tell you how to do that. Cool. Okay. So NSLOOKUP, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Any others, Jathan? Well, I guess before I keep blurting things out, I mean, I could talk about <laughs> tools all day. Talk about Peyton. He's a tool. <laughs> Dickass. I mean, uh, what? Nice. But did you have some specific parameters or search criterion in mind when you designed this question? No, I think as long as it's relevant to our tasks, you know, or, or department uh-huh. operations, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's something that we use regularly enough, you know, almost every day, every once every two days, whatever, something regularly that we use. Uh-huh. Bash, well, our normal Python. Tools Here's Pro. one that I'm curious about whether or not you use specifically. Okay. Do you use SSH agent? I don't. Yes, I do. I've used it when I need it for something specific. Daily. But I otherwise it, I don't. I use it daily. Because some people really swear by the functionality of it. It does have so it fills it nicely fills in the missing gaps of where you know just a regular SSH client you know user band SSH lacks. It does a great job of filling in those gaps in terms of authentication, anyways. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I typically just don't have a, a need for it. You know, I, I usually don't need it. I've used it maybe twice because I needed it for specific functionality to do yeah, what it sure. does, and that's those are the only times I've used it. So no, I don't use it regularly. Now, if I did have something like, oh, I don't know. What are those fancy auth cards? You know what I'm talking about? The fancy hardware. auth cards? Yeah. Like a two-factor auth? No. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess you you would have to use SSH with two-factor auth. Well, you wouldn't have to. Like a, a YubiKey? Is that No, 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 no. It's before YubiKeys. It's, um, fuck, I can't remember what they're called now. I feel really silly not being, hold on. Are you talking about like the USB thing that you actually plug like a physical like magnetic strip card into? Smart cards. That's smart what cards. Yeah. If so, if you're maybe sure. you're talking about a CAC. If you're using smart cards for authentication with SSH, an SSH agent is probably necessary because uh, it's a physical component that needs to be tied in. But client side, I should specify. So yeah, I, if I was using something like that, I would probably need it. But otherwise, no. Hmm. No, I don't. I haven't had much of a need for it other than the, the very few number of projects where I've implemented it. Interesting. Did you have any more tools that you use regularly, Jathan? I mean, I have lots of tools I use regularly. I'm trying to think of things that like other people may not know about or wouldn't anticipate. Oh, yeah. The you, use you, for. you don't need to get that specific about it. You know, I was. This is a. I mean, everybody has tools they use every day. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, that's that's what we're talking about now. We're talking about what we personally use every day. You know what I use every day? What's that? The Python interpreter as a calculator. Oh, dude, I do that so much. I'm not even ashamed. It's, no, it's it's it's, it's great because I usually have a Python <laughs> shell open anyways. You know, so well, I'm not like that. Oh, but it's no, pretty I, easy because I, I use i3, so it's just Shift Enter, and then I do have a shortcut to open Python. I do use GNOME. No, GNOME. 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 Okay. GNOME. I don't even know anymore. Uh, and, and Smoky Gnome. I can hear the boos and hisses from here, but I don't know. I kind of like it. You know, I, when paths diverged, I went the Gnome way back in, I don't know, when was that? 2007 when the KDE and Gnome Wars really picked up. <laughs> Anyways, so with that, I switched over to Gnome and I've been using it since and I'm comfortable with it. And I usually, if it's something, if it's simple math, just addition, subtraction for like multiple data sets that I don't want to have to write down or keep in my head while I do them. I'll just pull up GNOME Calculator. But for 
really more complex things where, you know, I need to assign it to variables or I need to do conversions between integer and octal or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to fire up. I'm going to fire that up in a Python shell immediately. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's just really easy. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something that's going to be like monumental. Here. Do you, well, you don't. I think you're putting too much pressure on yourself here. It's yeah, supposed to be fun. Do you want me to just go so you can see an example of how? <laughs> yeah, show me an example of how to do this right. Show you an example? Uh, talk to me, baby. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Don't okay. So, SSH. Duh. Right? Duh. Because yeah. I think we all use SSH every day. Uh, daily. Who doesn't? Well, multiple, Windows multiple admins. Sessions, multiple sessions. <laughs> Windows admins don't. Yeah, I, I probably at any time have PowerShell at least has like... SSH, uh, I think it has its own thing. I don't think it's explicitly. No you can do SSH on Windows. It doesn't have as a, SCP, a server and client, but right, whatever. Mm-hmm. So SSH, duh, because I'm a, a Nix admin, a Nix engineer, so I use a lot of that. Python, because Python. duh, shameless plug here for my Optools repository. I use a lot of stuff specifically from Optools on a daily, day to day basis. Jathan, you need to calm down, sir. Seriously, clam to now. The IDE I use for Python is PyCharm, PyCharm Community. It's served me I well. I use VS Code. I, I use VS yeah. Code too as well. Yeah, I don't, I just, I never, it feels like too much work to make it Python specific to me, but whatever. No, it's very easy, but yeah. I do have a problem with VS Code that I can't really get what rid of. I use the same window manager on all my machines. Mm-hmm. I use i3. Uh, okay. One of my laptops, I have two laptops, an X1 Carbon 5th gen, a 6th gen that's for work, and then I have a desktop at work. My personal laptop and my work desktop, i3, or code, VS Code, is totally fine. On my work laptop, though, my 6th gen X1 Carbon, Electron just keeps fucking crashing, and I uninstalled everything, and I removed my, like, caches, and uninstalled all my add-on... You know what your problem is? Electron. What? Electron <laughs> well, no is your problem. <laughs> well, yeah. But that is not unique to that one setup. I uh, know. Yeah, yeah. But no, it always I... takes Spotify with it, and that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's, that's... why you're using Spotify. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't get into VS Code. I. That's okay. Same thing I mean, with, with Brackets be. and Atom. I mean, Brackets is both have kind of fallen by the wayside in favor well, of VS Code. Brackets is trash. It was pretty good for a while. But then it became trash. I will grant that. But I just never liked Adam. And they're so similar, but like the differences are enough to make it unusable yeah. for me. Do you know what Which the is difference is between what? Adam and VS Code for me? It comes down to one thing. What's that? VS Code properly implements NeoVim. Oh my gosh. And Adam doesn't. For fuck's sake. The Vim keybinds in Adam <laughs> to like save and, and shit don't work, but they do in VS Code. I don't even use Vim keybindings in my IDE. I think uh, that's you're stupid. No, I tried no, no, that, no, no, no. and I, it so... got really frustrating. I was like, look, I'm in an IDE. I don't need to use Vim key bindings. Yeah, the whole point of Vim is... Like, so I, it, use, it, I use Vim it's... key bindings in Vim. Nowhere yeah, else. Because it's no, but you can modes. still... You're so used to doing, like, yanking lines and, and removing lines with, like, DD I had that in my IDE, mm-hmm. but I don't use Vim key bindings for it because it's a totally different program. And I get it. You only want to learn one command set but yeah, then the I problem am the is the laziest guy i know so. but the problem with that is then your brain starts to think oh this is vim and then you start doing other vim specific things in your eye but it all works oh for fuck's sake all right this is we don't have time to get into this petty this has been system whatever point being i don't care what id you use as long as it works for you i use PyCharm. Right. i hate vs code right. the guys are different it's up to you whatever whatever you feel most 
effective and, and efficient in. And once again, Jay, Jay Thon and Patton used something different than Brent, Patches. and he was going to complain about it. No, I I no, feel Patton. like that was the only... It started with Jathan insulating, insulting brackets. Insulating? Insulting. I, I corrected myself. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> and I also use Git every day because, duh, right? I feel like that's unavoidable these yeah. days, especially if you manage. I use Git too. If you manage repositories for your in-house devs, I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to be using Git every day, probably. Oh yeah, Git for sure. I do some LDAP stuff here and there. A lot cool. more of my free time. So I end up using LDAP Who Am I, LDAP Search, and LDAP Modify a lot. If you know how to use LDAP Search, it can be a big time saver. Oh, it's awesome. You can generate LDIFs with it and all sorts of fancy stuff. It's great. And I also use Python LDAP library a lot. And if I need a visual representation, it's slow as shit, but it's the best LDAP browser I've, I've come across, Apache Directory Studio. Apache Directory Studio. Oh, that's cool. Okay. They have an L- their own Apache their own LDAP server called Apache Directory. You don't want that. You want Apache Directory Studios and use mm-hmm. OpenLDAP for the server because everything else mm. is terrible. For my SQL stuff, you know, obviously it's my SQL shell because duh, I don't use I don't I can't even remember what it's called. The fucking terrible PHP MySQL PHP MyAdmin. Haven't touched it in years. It's trash. Mm. Don't use it. But I do use dBeaver. Now, for the DBAs out there, you're probably going to use MySQL Workbench. But the problem with that is they very quickly drop support for legacy MySQL versions. So unless you're running current stable on all of your production machines or yeah. you know all of your database machines, not going to work out so hot for you. dBeaver, they don't care. They'll support the mm-hmm. legacy just fine. It's a little bit more simple, but it gets the job done. And obviously, since it's not written in fucking Java, it doesn't, you know, eat away at your system. So that's nice. Oh, no, it, it might be Java. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it feels more lightweight than than Workbench on the system. Hmm. So whatever. And then lastly, obviously, aux said and grep the quote unquote holy trinity of Linux, or Unix even. But more than that, regex in general, because that's I don't know how to classify regex, though, you know, because it's it's a. It's, it's almost not really a, a tool. It's not a tool, you know. It's a, t- it's an. A, it's like an interaction method. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, yeah. a, almost a language, but not quite. Although I think technically you can write Turing complete statements in regex. I think I saw a POC of that on GitHub the other day, and I was horrified. It's mm, like really? five hundred pages long to do one simple thing. But yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Why anyone would want to do it. I don't know, but so I, I guess technically it's it's language, but yeah, regex in general and the tools that interface using that language, that parsing or mm-hmm. however you want to classify it, those are indispensable to me. I use all of those every single day. Does that help clarify the goal of this conversation, Jason? Sure, those to me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So did you want to finish your what you use every day? Uh, I wanted to add something. Okay. But I can't remember the damn name. Do you remember what it does? Uh-huh. I'm looking it up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, duh. Synergy. Synergy. Okay. Yeah, synergy, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. You know what synergy is, yes. right? Uh, yep. Well, why don't you why don't you say for our listeners? I haven't used it in about five years, but it is you know, it doesn't get updated a whole lot, but it's honestly still good. Hmm. It uses TLS, so I feel okay using it on my work network. Synergy they is didn't a way for to a share this period of time, by the way. One mouse and keyboard between multiple computers. Mm-hmm. So not just like a dual monitor, but like I can set my laptop up next to my desktop and use my real mouse and keyboard to use both. 
It's kind of like layer seven IPKVM. Sort of, yeah. Sort of. Without the M. I guess mm, layer yeah. seven KV. Or KM. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. So yeah, it is definitely handy if you have multiple machines right where you are. Yeah, and it's cross-platform. So. Cross-platform. Yeah, uh, unlike yeah. Microsoft's Miles Without Borders, which is only Microsoft, which, whatever. Does it work with different machines across different platforms? Yeah. Uh, no, what do you mean? Just Microsoft? No. Miles Without I, I mean, can you use a keyboard and mouse on a Linux box and then switch over to a Microsoft with, box? With Synergy? Yes. yes. You can? Okay. Absolutely. Okay, yes. that was what I was yeah. asking. Yes. Got absolutely. it. Yeah. You can actually that... do all three. You can do Mac, Windows, and Linux. Right. I mean, I knew it ran on all three. I didn't know all of the... What do they call them? What do they prefer to them? Targets, I think they use. You know what's really interesting about this is looking at the the website for Synergy. Mm -hmm. It looks like there's some kind of licensing cost. There is. You have to pay a certain amount for it. I'm sorry. What? I don't think I pay for mine. <laughs> I, I bought on. a subscription or not a I bought a license a long time ago. And right. I'm grandfathered and or whatever. So. I know it never used to be. It didn't Am I like grandfathered that. into not paying? Probably. No. No, no, no. Or are no. you just a filthy, dirty it's thief? In the damn AUR. Actually, it's in community, in Arch. Yeah. So there's a basic and a pro version. The pro mm -hmm. is $9. Basic is free, then. I would assume so. There's, let's see, download. Oh, you have to log in. You have to log yeah. in. Yeah, he's gotten a little nuts with it. It's, I mean, you have to create an account and so on and so on. And. Right. It used to be you could just set it up and go. You didn't have to worry about anything, but now you have to like log in to download it and stuff. Right. He's getting yeah. a little nuts about it, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, I at one point it was open source. I don't know mm -hmm. if it still is. What's the... Oh, it's GPL2 still. So the basic or whatever is probably mm -hmm. still free. Ish. In terms of... It's like donateware or speech. No, yeah, Well, yeah. no, it's not, it shouldn't be required. I don't know. Well, I don't know, because you can pay for open source software, okay. but... They have to provide source on demand, and then under the GPL2, at right. least, they're not allowed to restrict distribution of that source. So, right. But yeah. it's also in the, in the community repositories for Arch and a whole bunch of other Linux distros, so that wouldn't even be possible. Uh, right. They don't include paid-for software in community, so that's, to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure that's the case. But yeah, anyways, so moving on. Okay, Synergy. What else? Synergy. Is that... Jason, yeah, I'm, also... Yes. I'm just, this is obviously in the middle of a fucking episode, but I just realized I was like click clacking away on my keyboard here. I did mention that I'm still at work. Obviously, I don't really try to spend all of my damn days here, but I do have, I had a lot going on today, including some emergency stuff, yeah. which is why I'm still yeah, here. Yeah, it's an emergency. Nobody cares. So I, I just had a ticket coming well, that is relevant to what's going on. So I just. We'll take it out. I apologize for any background noise that can't be edited out. Yeah. I think editor it's does fine. a pretty good job between yeah, my prep and editor's. Fantastic I mean, editing. You don't, you don't do anything, I, but she's... I, excuse she's you, I absolutely do. You wouldn't know. He makes, he you, makes you sound shit. good there, bud. But yeah, I think most of it will be edited out, so it should be okay. Jason, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned SL yet, because you said you were going to. SL! <sighs> you know, it, my day was so productive that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what you're going with? That's his story, and he's sticking with it. Okay. Probably. Oh. Well, yeah, Jason jokingly said SL. So, Payton, yes. what are some tools that you use every day? Okay, so daily. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to talk about some things that are a little bit different because I use a little bit different things daily. But I'm going to yep. go over some of the things that I do use. So, I run i3wm at work. Okay. 
On my personal laptop at work, I I have KDE. I decided to try a little more full functional like thing, and I actually like the way KDE looks and runs right now, so I'm kind of happy with it. I go yeah, back no, and forth I, between I Gnome, him, KDE, and I2WM, so whatever. Yeah. I may not use them, but I respect KDE a lot. Sure, so. sure, sure, sure. I use Tmux. That allows me to have one mm-hmm. terminal open, and then I can you know break it out. Have you used the uh, the Biobu Biobu? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. B Y O B U wrapper to Tmux yet. I don't think I have. It's really cool. What does it do? So I mean, it does add some things like color theming. It makes the key bindings a lot easier. You can use like screen GNU screen key bindings in Tmux and vice versa. Okay. It will automatically. It sets up a lot of stuff automatically for you, like hmm. automatically spawning a Tmux session upon remote login. If there isn't one running, or if there is one running, automatically attached to it. Really, stuff like that that, that, that cuts your manual Tmux configuration in half, at least. I'll have to take a look at that. I try I'm not to, like... to say it started yeah. as an Ubuntu project, but uh, well, it's fine. It's actually good. So <laughs> I try to avoid like over complicating my system. Right, but there is, because... there does come to a point, you know, where you're like sure. You, you weigh is this worth sure. adding a wrapper or not? And in sure. Tmux's case, I absolutely would say it yeah. is. I well, honestly don't think I could use Tmux without because I've just been using Biobo since the beginning, and I don't I don't know how to use Tmux. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do know the problem and... is it's like five times more key combinations. So yeah, it, it gets a little nuts. But I actually got mine settled, figured out pretty good. I mean, we all everybody there uses it, and so we've we've all kind of collaborated with each other and mm-hmm. figured out some of the best things. And one of the other guys working there actually came up with a a breakout like a oh gosh a breakout script that will allow you to actually like. Put in a list of host names, and it will automatically like open up a new pane and set them all up and everything. So it's it's kind of oh, nice. I thought you meant like a breakout clone, like the no, arcade game. No, no, no. Well, no. not arcade game, but Pong. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but it's yeah. But no, 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 not like that. <laughs> That's a shame. Like you put in like server sure. host names, and they become the bricks, and you. That'd be kind of cool, but be kind of uh, it'd be doable not. in end curses, but I don't think it, sure it, absolutely. I have a hard time believing your company would encourage yeah, that, that being be, that would be yeah. not okay <laughs> so let's see what else what else is i talking about okay so i use curl i use ssh i use python bash curl, yeah ns lookup dig mm-hmm. finger even wow you guys use finger yeah we well for user accounts mm-hmm. we just finger like the jump server and then we have like the name so we can do some of the more you know like the full name and have you tried like get in Get in. No, I have not, but I'll try it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. Whatever. The nice thing is that is it. It doesn't. I don't always do it. Like I'm not a. I don't always do admin accounts or a- yeah, accounts yeah. in general. That's usually if I don't have anything else going on, I'll do a. I'll work on accounts or whatever. Right. I actually use Excel every day. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I use Excel every day. It's just a good good way of keeping track of like what I'm doing and and how I'm doing it. I, I have it laid out a specific way, and then mm-hmm. I can actually uh, if I adjust a certain parameter just right then i get color coding and stuff like that so that helps mm-hmm. let's see what else when i'm not at my desk i use powershell uh to ssh okay. to my box or to another box and then i can use tmux from there i don't know what else do i use on a regular basis that's pretty much it i mean some i mean i use a tool called galileo which is something that ats built but that's i mean that's neither here nor there yeah yeah let's see we use splunk we use splunk regularly okay Isinga. <laughs> Oh, I mean, Singa. I could tell you what we use, but I mean, it's a lot of 
you know, we just use a lot of the basic generic stuff that everyone else uses, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Jason, did you have anything to add to that? I mean, there's a lot of stuff we've talked about before that I still definitely use every day. Yeah, you can mention them again. We're not, remember, we're not really like delving deep into these things. We're just kind right. of giving right. people an idea of our workflow. This yeah. is not a deep dive. Well, I mean, one thing I'll say is we wrote our own XMPP bot. Okay. Well, which, that what, uh, does, um... what library did you use that for? Do you remember? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, I don't even have the fucking repo here. Hold on, I log in. Anyway, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. But mm-hmm. so uh, our XMPP bot has plugins actually, so we can look users up in the uh, Active right. Directory and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember we talked about when you were when you were developing that. Yeah. Yeah. So tools like that. I'm not saying it has to be a bot for IRC or XMPP or Slack or whatever, but little. Yeah, that's why I mentioned Python because I that I just like return all of the the things yep. you need. You know. Yep. Yeah, that's why I said Python, because it's just like, I write so much in Python, for just, but they're just like tiny. Sleek XMPP. Sleek, right, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah Sleek's that was, good. I think, the best one in my experience. Yep, yep, Sleek's pretty good. They did yeah. have a TLS issue, but I think they sorted it. I haven't tested it lately, so. Yeah, so things like that are always helpful. Mm-hmm. Also, we were talking about Secure Shell, but another thing that I use very heavily, obviously I work in a very homogeneous environment because of the Homogenous. Homogeneous. Homogeneous. All right, you guys are stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> look at But up. anyway, PDSH. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Can, I use PDSH. Well, can be immensely. I don't use it every day, though. Useful. Anything else? What am I trying to say? <laughs> I, I oh, also, know. password management. Okay. Keep your fucking passwords available mm-hmm. because otherwise you're going to waste half your fucking day looking up passwords. Oh, my gosh, I know. And Or trying to look them up or. Uh, Remember them. And I th- Goddamn. I, th- I am running on a fucking empty. We, yeah, we yeah, need to yeah, go. No. I think both Jathan and I would have said pass, you know, Unix password manager, if you asked us maybe a year ago. But now... I still say pass. I've been converted to vault. I love vault. You know what pisses me off? What? There's no way to copy the password by way of command line with vault. By default. What, like to the buffer? You know you can do pass-c? You could just pipe it to your clipboard. Yeah, but I really like the past one where it was like time limited and shit. Yeah, uh, whatever. Well, yeah. I'm put gonna write a, a little, yeah, put in a, a little feature request. Yeah, I wasn't gonna put yeah. in a feature request. I was gonna yeah. just write something. Or I guess you do that. Yeah, with, request. With I could try the feature time, request. But... So the last time I put in a feature request, they were fairly receptive to it. Yeah, yeah. They could are... you put in a feature request? That's what he just said he's gonna do. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so I like Vault. Jathan's kind of fifty-fifty. I like Vault. I really like Vault for what I'm doing at work. Sure. I think that Vault is overkill for personal password management. I'd say it can be. I mean, that being said, I am going to be... I'm figuring out the details of standing up a personal Vault. Right. Yeah. Because my issue with Pass is that it is decentralized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is not mobile friendly. And it's and, really hard to and interface in a day and age, with, with in other services. You, you can't just in, sit in this, down and write your own client, but Vault has REST, so, yeah. In this day and age when, you know, we're on our phone so much, like, I want to be able to look up passwords on my phone. Mm-hmm. And with Pass, I can't really do that. Yeah. But with Vault, you have either the web interface, or you could just use a generic Android REST client, which they do have. Or you can write your own with Kivy or whatever, but... We, in particular, Brent and I, don't really agree on how to make a personal implementation <laughs> of Vault. What do you mean? Well, I mean, the first time I asked you, you told me to just make it public. 
Well, no, yeah, I, just make I it think public. I said... Come on. Then last that? time you said you wouldn't put it on a VPS. Mm-hmm. Would it, well, I don't think I said make it public. I don't think I would say something You said like put that. it on a VPS. It's fine if it's exposed on the web. Yeah. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm fairly certain I was very conditional about that. You know, I, I don't think so. Yeah. You would definitely want it to be IP t- firewall restricted if possible. The problem is you said, how do I... You know, what if I don't know which public IP I'm coming from? I was like, well, then it's fine. That's something you're just going to... I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I, I could make a VPN only pretty reasonably. Sure, yeah. That's what I do. And that'd be acceptable. Yeah, yeah, and I did suggest that, but... Would you run it on a VPS then still? Depends on your backend. I would say it depends on your backend, yeah. I would probably do a file. Mm, it's probably okay. Why wouldn't it be? It's... Yeah. <laughs> It all well, like the vault server so itself mind, can't decrypt the secrets, right? Right, uh, because that's, that's the whole point. It holds it in memory. But uh, the bigger problem is the master key, I believe, is held in memory when it's assembled, and the and depending on the VPS, the hypervisor, you know, mm-hmm. it may be easier or harder to access that chunk of memory. I'll put it that way. So I would be uh-huh. careful with it. Yeah, it's probably fine, but. Keep in mind the risks. No, I don't like probably. What do you mean you don't? There, Jason, there is no guaranteed security in anything. I know. That's the problem is what's the point of even using computers and the internet and waking up every let, day? Let me put it this way. I would trust it more than I trust. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Than I trust Pass. Knowing the guys who really? No. Yeah. Whoa, knowing, really? Dude, Pass is no, no, GPG. No no no, 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 no. Yeah, but knowing it doesn't matter if it's GPG versus Shamir. Which is what Vault uses. They're, wait, wait. they're equally strong. They just use different would, methods, and the method is what you examine in cases like this. You would use Vault over Pass. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Because I the, so let me put it this way: Vault is widely, or at least a lot more widely looked at than Pass. Vault is developed by a team of people who are very like. If you read the bug reports, they are very stringent on security guidelines, and they are regularly audited. Pass guy, it's one dude. Some schmuck on the internet, and he's not regularly audited at all, to my knowledge. So, you know, you need to weigh these things in. Yeah, HashiCorp is a huge, sure. huge fucking company. Sure, sure. But a benefit of that is they are audited. Or at least Yeah, Vault but is. they're also still relatively fucking new. And not not HashiCorp, but Vault is still young. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's older than you might think it is. Mm. But, you know, we can't, we can't necessarily go by that. You know, I mean, Debian... Is a very old distribution, and they were the ones that had the SSH phone, the weak key flaw, right? So sure, you can't go sure, by sure. age of something. Age doesn't really sure. mean a whole lot other than opportunity for exposed vulnerabilities. What is it? Age is just a number? I would go that far. I mean, far. typically... But, okay. I mean, it, it, it does, yeah, it does have some clout, but remember, clout doesn't equal security. Clout means likelihood hmm. of something being discovered. You know what I mean? Hmm. Well, you could have a zero day on something that's But even then, you know, I would say I would say the user base of Vault compared to the user base size of Pass gives Vault more clout, even though they've been around not as long. Short, mm-hmm. uh, shorter is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> even though they've been around for a shorter amount of time, I think because of their user base size compared to Pass's user base size, I think they have more clout than Pass at this point. Mm. So I would... <sighs> even the age yeah. argument falls apart. So, you know. Sure. I don't know. I I would be interested. I think this is a thing we should start doing. What? As maybe a podcast or or outside the podcast. I think it would be cool for you and I to do like joint 
blog posts, but basically like like positional blog posts about like oh like we have like, one like, post, but we like the title of one would be like HashiCorp Vault as a personal password store. Uh huh. And, hmm. and we would give our opinion on that. I mean, we can do it on the System as Trivia site. Yeah, we have yeah. the blogging capability there. I'm the only one that writes stuff for it, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think I know how to log in. Yeah, you have a login, and you have. Yeah. The ability to post things, you just... I don't think you've logged in once. Can I post anything? I might delete it. Not porn. Can I just, like, log in once a day and post a selfie? No. I would yes. ask that you not do that. No, don't. Because, yes. no, that gets pushed out to the RSS feed. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. That's fucking Can you awesome. not do that? All right. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm making a future I will, request I will Paul. revoke your publishing abilities if you do that. I'll put it that way. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. You just want to see his publishing revoked. I didn't so, say that. I think we are, we're starting to get a little bit off base here, but does anyone mm-hmm. have any other tools that they regularly use that they wanted to add before we move on? I don't think I have anything else, necessarily. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm i sure I will think of something in a week like as I'm using it. Mm-hmm. It all just depends on what you're doing, you know? Sure. Yeah, but sure. I mean, that's remember, we're not giving recommendations. We're yeah. sharing what we use. Mm-hmm. We've given recommendations before, but this is yeah. not that. So, you know, take it as you will. This is more so just exposure to tools that people might not have been familiar with. I would just say, you know, if you heard something that we use that you like or you want to use like something we've done or you're mm-hmm. cu- curious about like our config or whatever, like I'm sure we could probably like, you know, yeah, share have an our RC, config we'll paste, or, you know. We'll paste in what we can. We'll figure it out. So, mm-hmm. Jathan, if you had 20 emergencies today and you've sorted five of them. And then you need a status report. How many pending emergencies do you have? 87. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> Jathan, if you're on 20 podcasts and and you're typing for five of them, how many podcasts are you actually paying attention to? 19. That is not correct. 52. I used the Python interpreter to do the math. <laughs> you I might want to check correct them. You might want to check your memory on that because I don't think I compiled this sure one myself using too. The XP version of Excel, which had the rounding error in it. Oh wow, that sounds terrible. Okay, Jason. My point being, are you ready to do your fifteen clams? <sighs> I guess. Come on, let's do it. All right, let's do the clammies. <laughs> the clammies instead of the yeah. baddies. No baddies. Okay. Just the clammies. Yeah. Gotta get them clammies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't really have. <laughs> <laughs> why not, dude? ladies and gentlemen? We are. I mean, I know why not, but you know, we are encountering a very rare situation indeed. <laughs> Jathan, I never does have, not have to anything say. to say. That never happens. I'm even so off topic. Oh wow! I uh, just I don't even know. I've got something. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you know what I wanted to talk about? What? I, uh, we had a full episode where we talked about WireGuard. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm. I'll look it up. Keep talking. And uh, so it's been, I think, about a year since we talked about WireGuard, or maybe even a little more or less. Mm-hmm. There was some time we talked about WireGuard that was at a point in the past. That was uh, S3E16. Almost so, a year exactly. Oh, it, we we almost recorded exactly. it on September 27th, 2018. Idiot Savant is a fucking badass. Yes, so, you are an idiot savant. I have a strong vested interest in continuing to learn about alternatives Cardinals? to OpenVPN. Uh-huh. Not for any good reason, I guess, <laughs> other than... You just want to know your options. 
I want to. Yeah, I want to know my options. Okay. And sometimes you got to tunnel your VPN over your VPN. You oh, know? don't do that. That'd be very oh. silly. Oh no, I have one open VPN please, that's TCP, and I put the UDP one on. Why? It. No, I don't. I'm I kidding. was gonna say. All that right, you, <sighs> you don't. There's no reason. No, there's no reason. Use UDP because your whatever protocol you're using is already gonna be TCP, bro. Or even if you use the TCP, like it doesn't matter which protocol OpenVPN you use. It can handle both TCP and UDP for the tunnel inside yeah, right. the tunnel. I mean, but yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Keep going. So anyway, um, my, my whole thing here is. I continuously keep going to various sources on the uh, internet, and I'm looking for someone. You're looking for someone? You said I'm looking for somebody to start taking some serious looks at WireGuard and doing somewhat of like an audit, you know? Because mm-hmm. we haven't really had like a real audit yet. Uh, I mean, we've had a... Sure. Mm-hmm. Linus has done a code audit of it. He says he likes the cleanness of the code. But yeah, that was like two or code. three years ago, right? I don't personally give a whole lot of fucks about the code. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. And no Linus fucks. Is, is kind of, I would say he's not as concerned with security as he could be. So, yeah, I, I don't think he paid huh. too much attention to any potential security issues there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, my whole thing is, I have not yet seen this information, as it were. Mm-hmm. And that is unfortunate. It is. But more to the point, actually, I'm MIT curious. did one. MIT did a an actual audit. Yeah, you want me to link it to you? Yeah. What did they say? Spring 2018. I don't know. It's a white paper. It's tons of pages long, but I'll link it to you. Most white papers are shorter than like real papers, except for that one paper. You know that was. But anyway, so so my but whole anyway. thing is at this point, I am still using OpenVPN for personal use. Is that my best option? I well, I mean, I would say yes, You're... but I. What else could I use? What else do you want to use? What are you doing? What What yeah. are you unsatisfied well, there's with? There's a lot of questions to ask. Before I'm not we, necessarily you know, unsatisfied. What are your, well, what are I mean, your priorities? It's, it's secure to look at browsing, right? right? Like, I want access to my vault instance by way of my VPN only. I want it to be easier to add and remove clients, I think. Easier. Well, yeah. that's kind of... Oh, that's so subjective. Because, all right, so, so for instance, right? Strong Swan, which does IPsec, IKV1, and both IKV2, can do both. Mm-hmm. I would go with IKV2. But so you, have, I would say your two choices currently are Strong Swan or OpenVPN. Forget WireGuard because you don't want to mess around with that if you need ease of use for adding clients and you want an authoritative VPN server. Because that's not what WireGuard is. It's a peer system. It's not a network. So you're stuck with OpenVPN or Strong Swan. Both can do, say, LDAP authentication. Both can do radius mm-hmm. authentication. Both can do this, they can do that. So the actual user management aspect of it is not going to be a, that big of a deal. You want something that is, at that point, it's going to come down to the actual turn up and management of it, right? So you've got security and speed at that point. Security, they're about equal. You can okay. do some additional neat things with OpenVPN that you cannot do in StrongSwan. Because StrongSwan is not that OpenVPN is a proprietary protocol because it's open, but it's specific to OpenVPN. It's not codified in RFCs like IKEV1 and IKEV2 is. So you're limited in what you can do in StrongSwan to strengthen that, but you can make it pretty fucking strong. You can make it, to my current knowledge, unbreakable. But again, I mean, that's assuming state actors haven't found a way to to break this mm-hmm. shit. And with quantum, who knows? You know, because apparently that's going to break everything. I don't know. Whatever. My point is, so you've got both options. Both can do PFS, 
both can do SHA-512 HMAC and, and really strong algorithms and things like that. So, like, it... What? <sighs> I... Yeah, okay. Keep going. But, I mean, OpenVPN has some additional benefits. The TA.key, for instance, that can help you prevent DDoS attempts against the service. And Ike V2, via StrongSwan especially, doesn't have that. So you have an additional layers on OpenVPN that make it a little bit easier to use than StrongSwan. Also, it's a lot more flexible in terms of what ports you can use. It's expected that the port is able to be changed from the default. With StrongSwan, you can change the port, but I would not recommend it because that breaks RFC. The RFC specifies a specific set of port numbers for that. So it's a little bit harder to get past corporate firewalls in that sense. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I mean, it all comes down to what you're talking about. If you want strictly speed and you have equal algorithms, OpenVPN is probably going to be faster. And it supports better compression than... So how, how can you make OpenVPN more friendly in terms of... Wrappers? I'll say rapidly adding and removing <laughs> clients. Well, that that like, all depends on your right. on what you use for authentication, like I said. See, the here's mechanic. the thing is, yeah, I mean, I just use certificates. Okay. There's no no so that's that no password. You don't like here's an example. Yeah. I'm at work. My girlfriend's leaving on a business trip tonight. Mm-hmm. I want to very quickly make sure she has VPN access on her MacBook. Sure. I don't want her to have to do basically anything. Okay. How do you make that feasible? And then when she comes home, completely revoke everything easily. Okay. Like obviously so... easy RSA doesn't make it hard. But so, it's still so. Here's the there thing: there are a number of steps in and it's in a properly secure X509 slash PKI environment sort of authentication based VPN. You would not be creating those credentials on the VPN server. That's why Easy yeah. RSA is a separate project. That's why it's a separate package and, and repository, so on and so forth. But most people for personal use don't follow that rule. right. But they should. So that being the case, what since it uses standard X509. And we've talked about this in IRC, I think. Mm-hmm. You can use Vault to manage that, which is extremely easy to manage certificates with, right? Have you used any of the PKI functions in Vault yet? It's no. stupid easy. It's stupid easy. I tried to use it to do... Nah, don't worry about okay. it. <laughs> okay. But then it also can do things like generate a CRL for you. And OpenVPN can look at that CRL so you can have immediate revocation. Or you can do something like combine a cool. username password authentication, such as LDAP, hmm. along with the certificate. So they need two active forms of authentication. And that you don't have to worry if the cert doesn't revoke correctly, because you can just, you know, remove their username and password from your credential backend, whichever it may be, whether it's plain text or what. Or alternatively, it's okay if they still know their username and password because you can still revoke the cert you know so like you've got options there and how you want to handle that i just think in general yeah i want security to be not easier on a whole because i don't think that's always realistic but i don't think it's i think there now. should be a i don't want to say more turnkey because that sounds bad <laughs> but i think there should be a more reasonable personal vpn solution I don't think that's necessary because most users think mm-hmm. they want a VPN, but they, but they actually just need a proxy, but they just need a proxy or yeah, they don't actually need it at all. And why? Well, oh, this is where we start to get controversial. <laughs> Bring it. People like that. Okay. So controversial. for geolocation stuff, right? 
Netflix. Yeah. I'm blocking Netflix in other countries. And, you know, I work for a VPN provider, so this is this is kind of my bread and butter here. Most people think, okay, um, I need a VPN. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's a valid case, because especially in some weird WebSocket stuff, proxy doesn't always work. So whatever. Okay, fine. Get a VPN. And then their next thought is, I should set up my own VPN server. And that's where you're wrong because you don't manage your own VPN server. You manage your own entire server at that point. You need to know where to get the server. You need to know what ranges that these providers block. You need to, you know, at that point, you're talking, you've now expended one task needing a VPN into about 50 different tasks just so you can watch okay, something well, on Netflix. Okay, well, I'm not Netflix. worried about fucking Netflix. It was an example, but that's... I watched my point the is, fucking YouTube. My point is, all right, well, then why do you think most quote-unquote regular users need slash one VPN? Why does it need... Why do you think it needs to be more accessible to these people, the server component? I don't... It doesn't. What about somebody like, like me? What about you? I would say I'm probably a fairly accomplished systems administrator. I don't know about accomplished... Oh, you've done it. You do it. I would. I have the expectation that you were at least baseline competent in it. I run my own VPN server. Right. You do. I know a lot about maintaining servers and services. Sure. Okay. I don't know a lot about VPNs. Right. Okay. I find the configuration of OpenVPN to be tedious, and it's annoying to me that to do it properly, you have to have a, a CA that's external. Well, you don't. You don't need an external you, CA. I mean, you you can. So all right, so that's you the thing. should. No matter what VPN you use, no VPN is going to roll a PKI into the thing. That's dumb. I mean, OpenVPN AS does it, but they do a lot of dumb things. That's, but that's what I'm saying. So something like WireGuard, you don't really need a PKI. That's because it's it's still there. It's abstracted from the user, but as a, at the cost of you not being able to maintain a central authority for it. But for some people, that's all they need. That's not... Oh, my gosh. All right, well, then why don't they... There's no PKI in Tink, I don't think. Okay, your whole point, your whole argument was... I'm using Tink from now on. Okay. Fucking... I don't even think it's still maintained. Your whole argument that started this, Jathan, was that it needs to be easier to maintain users, right? Correct? Uh, Yes. Okay. How easy is that in WireGuard? Tell me. Do you know how easy it is? Because it's not. It's pretty... No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You, there is no way to centrally manage users and WireGuard. The concept doesn't exist. Zero existence. It's not. It's it's all peer based. You explicitly choose who you peer with. That's not a user system. That's a peer based system. That's like I, I, a more. That's like a more. You know what it is? It's LimeWire with PKI. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. It's not a VPN at that point. There's no central management. There's no concept so of a centralization it, at all. It's just a bunch of tunnels. No, don't. It's fucking... a series of tubes. You know. You, you know, know what else has a tunnel? Socks. Socks isn't a VPN. Socks don't have it's tunnels. TLS. They're... TLS itself for HTTPS is a tunnel. That's not a VPN. A tunnel does not a VPN make. Uh, it, do- it doesn't have the concept to of maintain a my own fucking. Yep. Like to restrict access. As our example, or from our example earlier, okay. a fucking VPN protected vault server, okay. I should not have to know how to maintain OpenVPN. I disagree. And I like OpenVPN. I use OpenVPN. I've been using OpenVPN for as long as I've fucking known you. Yeah, but I disagree with that statement. When you work at fucking statement. Tectonic. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But my, my whole point is I disagree with that statement. Okay. That's like saying You're... in order to run a mailing list server, I shouldn't need to know how to run a mail server. I shouldn't need to know how mail works. And that's wrong. 
That's flat out wrong. I'm going to say that right now. Did you just fart? Oh, for I definitely did not. I didn't. I don't know. I heard something, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was a fart. It was something. It's not important. But do you get what I'm saying, Jathan? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, you're saying I want to add this service, but I don't want to know. I don't want to have to know how to run this service. That's silly. Right. I don't think it's silly. I think it is. I think, <laughs> I think it's, it's silly. absolutely silly. It's 100 percent silly. Now, if you, I mean, that's why my companies exist. If you want, we can pay you to. You can pay us to make a custom VPN that can only route to your Vault server, for instance. Because that would be ridiculous. Well, not quite. We have plenty of we have plenty of corporate clients that we do things like that for, which actually is what sets Fox Proxy apart from a lot of other providers, because a lot of them don't do custom stuff, but we do. But my point is, that's literally what capitalism is. You're paying other people to do stuff you don't want to know how to do or you don't want to do yourself. That's what goods and services are, you know? So, like, that's my whole argument here. You want something that does not and cannot exist by sheer conceptual fact you know <laughs> okay did you have anything to add to that no i mean i just don't think it's fair man it well welcome to life <laughs> i don't know what to tell you bud <laughs> i don't that's your expectations it's not necessarily i want a wire guard audit <laughs> i just linked you to the pdf in irc that is not an audit that's a, someone's opinion what are you sure scholarly opinion Security analysis of Wirecard, MIT 6.857 final project by three people, three individuals. That's a, it's, it's, looks like an audit to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Oh my gosh. All right. Is that, are we good here? Are we ready to close I think, out? I think we're good here. I'm getting uh, hot I, and grumpy here. Oh, you're sweaty. getting hot and bothered then, aren't you? No, hot and grumpy. I'm sweaty. Hot and bothered. No, that's something different. <laughs> All right. This has been Sysadminist Trivia. This has been Sysadminist Trivia. I'm Brent. Yo soy Yanatan. And I'm Patton. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>